It's July 7th, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, uh, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Stuart Coleman. He's the executive director and co-founder of VI, which stands for Wastewater Alternatives and Innovations. And uh, he's here to tell us about a startup grind talk coming over, coming up over at the Hub Coworking. And then we'll be joined by Isar Mustafana. Mastafanazad, who's the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific, and, and he's going to be here to tell us about a Small Business Innovation Award as well as custom chip design here in Hawaii. And, of course, right now, I want to welcome uh, Stuart Coleman from, from VI. And, of course, uh, you know, I, I um, want to talk about the uh, Startup Grind talk, but I also want to mention that, you know, I ha- I've had Stuart on the show before, and that was probably like a pre-pandemic time, but uh, I want to welcome you back, Stuart. Great to be here, Bert. Thanks so much. Now I remember when we when we last uh, had you on, and and we were talking about Vi and some of the innovations in 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 wastewater treatment. And I know at that time <clears throat> we were talking about some of the uh, let's say uh, installations or pilot projects, and and some of these were kind of well suited for some you know like the homeless camps and and uh, really. Um, uh, 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 places where uh, the the customary sort of uh, uh, you know traditional I guess sewage treatment or or uh, toiletry would be uh, accommodated. This is something pretty pretty new and and uh, in rather maybe uh, not harsh but you know conditions that weren't amenable to regular plumbing. So mm-hmm. since since then, I mean, uh, Stuart, I mean, what's uh What's been happening, given the fact that, you know, we're kind of only coming out of a pandemic? It's probably been a better part of 15 months since I last talked to you. So catch us up on (laughs) on what's happening with VI. Yeah, not to make all things pandemic-related, but uh, (laughs) wastewater issues got a a heightened look during the pandemic because it was uh, scientists realized that you could track COVID-19 through the wastewater. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was sometimes the best assessment of how many people in a community had it. Um, but yeah, you were referring to the, um, incineration toilet. And so we are really, um, happy that after two years, I met, uh, the Cinderella folks from the Cinderella eco group, um, who are from Norway at the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation reinvented toilet expo in China, in Beijing, um, like two years ago. And, um, they, you know, we've just been talking ever since. And then we finally, uh, we're able to bring them to Hawaii, and so we're helping to distribute them. And we've got uh, a number of them across the island. Our first two pilot projects were at HIMB, the Hawaii Institute of Marine Biology in Kaneohe, mm-hmm. um, and they just bought a, a second uh, unit. And then in Kulima Farms on the north shore of Oahu, um, and now they're going out to each island. We have uh, you know, going to Big Island, going to Kauai. We won an innovation grant from the Kauai County to um, install these in a home. And they're really good for areas where, like you were saying, you know, they're, they're very remote um, and it, you just you can't provide a traditional septic system or it's too expensive. And so these incineration toilets are waterless and they just uh, incinerate all the ash to 100% pathogen-free and odorless. So it's a great... Um, kind of um, technology for especially for remote areas 
and and much more environmental, of course. Well, I was going to say that you know septic tanks are <clears throat> have been a solution for a long time, but uh, I think there's a realization, recognition that septic tanks got to seep out somewhere, and they end up mm-hmm. you know, seeping into the the water table. And I'll, I would imagine that this might be a, a great replacement. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm I serve on the, the state cesspool conversion working group, and we have ninety thousand cesspools across the state that release 53 million gallons a day of raw untreated sewage into our groundwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's a real problem. We have the most cesspools per capita in the country. Um, and so there was a prevailing thought for a while that, oh, we just replace them with septic systems. But up and down the East Coast, and we're traveling to New York to Long Island, that's the only place in the country that has more cesspools than us. Um, we still have more per capita. And they're having to replace their septic systems and cesspools because it's creating really harmful algal blooms Mm -hmm. and it's killing off fish populations. They've lost a lot of their clam industry and their fishing industry. Um, And, uh, you know, especially for um, for, you know, clams, but also, you know, many other uh, varieties of oysters and such. And um, it's because of, you know, too much wastewater in the groundwater and, and seeping out into near shores and bays. So it's a real wake-up call for Hawaii that we, we have to replace these systems. Well, that's, that's great that we, you're, you're getting, getting out there and, and, and identifying potential uh, places and, and customers that would, would definitely benefit from this. So tell me, uh, what, uh, what prompted the, the talk that you're going to be doing over at the Hub Coworking as a result of uh, you know, this uh, uh, speaking engagement with Startup Grind? Yeah, thanks for asking. It's uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, um, and uh, it's going to be um, part of the uh, Startup Grind's Fireside Chat series. And they invited me, but just because this, this, I think it's partly because of uh, I've had such a crazy career, um, you know, starting as a teacher and a professor at the East Westerner teaching creative writing, and then a writing career, writing three books about you know, Hawaiian culture and surfing and the Hokulea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 10 years at the Surfrider Foundation and now, you know, starting up this new nonprofit. So I think they're like, where, what is the <laughs> through line through all of that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and the main so, thing is, uh, you know, just pursuing things that are of great interest and of great need. You know, like I saw, you know, 12 years ago that there weren't a lot of people really, um, you know, taking the lead on plastic pollution. And people were looking at us like we're crazy talking about plastic bags and plastic bottles. And and then 10 years later, you know, all of a sudden we yeah. became one of the best states in the country leading and passing, you know, bills that were, were the first and only state to, to ban um, cigarette smoking on the beaches and trails because cigarette butts are the number one littered plastic item in the world. Well, I think, uh, um, so, yeah, yeah, Stuart, you're the you're the poster child for you know social entrepreneurship, and and I think it'll be a great talk that you're gonna give. So, if anybody wants to check out the the uh, fireside chat uh, as a result of uh, startup grind, where can they go to kind of sign up? Um, they can go to uh, the hub or to startup grind, um, and uh, they can go also to um, you know Eventbrite. Um, to to register. It's going to be in-person and online virtual. 
Sounds good. I'll put that. Uh, I'll put the link up on the show notes so uh, people can choose to either visit you over at the Hub Coworking or or check it out on on virtual. So mahalo, Stuart, for joining us. Great talking to you, Bert. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Isar Mustafanazad, CEO and founder of Nalu Scientific. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bike Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Isar Mustafanasad, founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific, here to talk about small business innovation grants and, and custom microchip design right here in Hawaii. Welcome, Isar, back to Bike Marks Cafe. Hello, Hubbert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, just like Stuart, I haven't uh, had you back in the studio since uh, pre-pandemic time, so I'm actually happy to... To have you back, even though we're we're you know kind of virtual, talking on the phone, but uh, it's great to have you. And and I know you've been uh, you've been pretty active, pretty successful at at uh, closing some of these uh, small business innovation grant uh, uh, funding sources. And and so tell us a little bit about um, <clears throat> your latest round, I guess that you recently got awarded. Sure. Um- you know, the the system, the way that the, the federal government works is they have a set-aside program to help, uh, you know, uh, small business uh, innovation. And uh, essentially their goal is to enable uh, small businesses like us to have innovative ideas to be able to grow and refund us for the you know, expenses of, of, of our R&D such that we can commercialize a technology or a product that essentially – uh, national laboratories or universities or the federal government or even the regular consumers can can go out and pay and uh, pay for and buy. Um, and so the process is rather competitive. Uh, you have to have a good background in the technology that you're working on, and then you have to write a competitive proposal, assemble a team, and then really communicate with the agency that you're working with, in this case, the Department of Energy. And, uh, and then it goes through a competitive review process and you know, we, we managed to, to uh, at the end, come out with, with some good amount of funding uh, through uh, several different uh, programs that we applied for. So <clears throat> this, is, uh, this is actually, uh, I, I forget how many grants you've gotten. I mean, this is maybe the second or third, right, for uh, SBIR. Uh, yeah, I think we're at, at 10. Right oh, now, 10. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really, that's pretty impressive. So. Uh, in terms of the, the the process you go through, I mean, I I know that uh, SBR has has different phases, but are you are you already sort of graduated from the typical SBIR <clears throat> SBR phases? And and as you you know move down your timeline, you're looking at tapping other federal funding sources. Yeah, about five years ago, and and so. The, some of the, the early uh, grants that we got awarded, mm-hmm. uh, we went through a phase one and then a phase two and concluded that, and now we have a prototype that we are now offering for sale. And some of the customers are, uh, you know, national labs and, and universities that they put an order for a product um, or uh, or they also hire us for services that we do. So mm-hmm. uh, for modifications to the product or uh, uh, contracts that would actually create the value add that they want. So, yeah, we're... We're moving slowly in that direction, 
uh, it, it's a it's a challenge, you know, and uh, but we're we're going in that direction. So as as we get more of these SPIRs to, uh, kind of finished, uh, we do have new products that we are putting on the shelf, and we're hoping to get some sales going soon. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I think that's probably a good lead into maybe share with us. What exactly are you building, and and who are your primary customers for uh, the kind of custom chips that you guys create? Right. So we uh, fall under the category of uh, fabless semiconductor company. Uh, we we do microchips for a very special application. In this case, we help scientists measure time down to a, a picosecond, essentially uh, a trillionth of a second. Uh, accuracy and uh, the microchip is not enough. So we realized that it's good to make this microchip. We made we've made variety of different versions of the microchip and that they're working, but it's just so complicated uh, that the end user needs a little bit more integration. So now we're integrating the microchip uh, into uh, a certain type of sensor that the end user wants. Because these microchips essentially need to connect to a certain type of sensor and then put it in a little box and and create a user manual for it, create software for it. So we're doing all of that integration uh, at Knowledge Scientific. Uh, as we grow, our team and capabilities have grown to be able to do that also. Wow. So you you, you did mention a word I wanted to get you to uh, maybe uh, uh, elaborate on. You, did you say fab or fabless? We are a fabless uh, semiconductor company, essentially. And, and, and so what do you, what do you mean by fabless? Yeah. Uh, say again. What do you mean by fabless? Uh huh. So, uh, you know, every microchip. Uh, if you open your cell phone, you know, all these microchips are on a mm-hmm. computer or TV. Uh, they get fabricated at a foundry, and it's a it's a giant facility, multi-billion-dollar facility that essentially prints these. You give them a design, and they print these, and it comes out two months later. And you do the qualification packaging and everything else. So we we are in the design state, uh, cycle of these. Uh, microchips, essentially. So we design these, we identify a fab house that can do, make our designs to the spec that we want, and we email them the design, and they will uh, fabricate it, and then send us the microchip back, and then then we take it from there. Then we do all the value-add things that goes on top of it, because we know the design, we know exactly how it works. Right, right, right. Okay, so you're, you're, you know, in a lot of ways similar to like uh, Apple Computer. I mean, they they design the chips, but they don't fabricate it at at Apple. I mean, so uh, that's that's uh, I guess a I similar, but but, uh, I say, yes, yeah. but a different scale, right? Yes. And so you know, in terms of um, uh, getting back to the work that you folks are developing, I mean, I know when we first talked, uh, you were. Um, very heavy into the whole chip design and specifically for you know these uh, uh, <clears throat> sensors and and um, as you mentioned you know getting the getting the timing timing uh, for these sensors down to you know like this a trillionth of a second so it's very very precise kind of work uh, but but now you're also <clears throat> saying as your customers get you know get into uh, I- integrating the 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 circuits uh, into the the system. Uh, Nalu Scientific is is actually right there with the customer helping to integrate the system. So are you guys getting more into the yes. integration work? Yes, yes. And so that that's where it gets really exciting now. Um, our team used to be uh, you know a handful of uh, 
IC designers. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. on top of the IC designers, we have the you know experts that understand uh, high frequency and 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 complicated printed circuit boards. They understand packaging. They understand software and firmware design, which is another beast uh, under the hood of any electronic circuit as a firmware. And so we we do all that in house now. And so we've we've created these kind of co- collaborate that work together within the company, and and also we're taking it one step forward, and that is to be with the customer that wants this microchip and walk with them to show them how this microchip can make their life easier for them, and and we are the experts that can actually make that happen. So we 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 had to expand and 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 be able to show that, demonstrate that to the customers, and now they're coming back. Mm-hmm. For more package solutions. So, so Isar, uh, tell us who are your. Uh, well, maybe you don't have to get into specifics of who your customer is, but what is the actual end product that leverages your chip design? Right. So, uh, our, our customers are actually national labs, mostly in universities. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, uh, you know, national labs are are uh, essentially government-funded research facilities, and they are doing a lot of great work in terms of scientific discovery in the United States, and they're funded by, for example, in this case, the Department of Energy. Uh, the Department of Energy is a $30 billion uh, agency, and they, they have a $7 billion a year uh, Office of Science that, that also funds, you know, uh, 10 national labs, each of them running about, you know, 500 to about a billion dollars uh, funding. And they do a lot of research in from, from physical science to natural science to biology, and, and they have really state-of-the-art facilities. And so imagine an oscilloscope, mm-hmm, right? That mm-hmm. is something that you, as an electronic engineer, it's something that measures the waveform or a current or a, a voltage that as a scientist, you're trying to make something, you want to you wanna have a diagnostic tool, you go to the store or eBay or wherever and you buy that, it's a $10,000 box, sits on your desk, and now now you have expanded, expanded visibility into what you're designing essentially. So mm-hmm. uh, we are making a custom version of that that will sit on their desks and help you know, a, a sector of these scientists uh, with their measurements, essentially. Are you uh, are you still involved with any of the uh, work in, like, particle accelerators and all that? Yes, yes. So, in fact, uh, here's where it gets exciting. Uh, the, the the way that we started was actually working on, on the collider experiment. So mm-hmm. imagine the, the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland in Japan that we've been heavily involved with at, at KEK. And... Uh, and so we, we learned, just being there, we learned a lot of the problems that they have. And so that's how we kind of thought about starting now scientific. And uh, now moving forward, uh, there's excitement in the United States that there will be a, a new collider experiment. It's called the Electron-Ion Collider uh, in, uh, at Brookhaven National Lab in New York. And, and that's going to be in a, happening in the next 10 years. It's a giant construction project with, uh, with a need for lots of microchips and electronics. And so we're positioning ourselves to be able to uh, cater to their needs, essentially. And so uh, we're bringing a lot of lessons learned from from other experiments that have been happening. And, and we're trying to perfect a recipe to put ourselves with the right microchip at the right time and the right kind of boxes filled with microchips, essentially, that hopefully we can get into. The well, EIC, yeah. yeah, no, this is great. This is a really exciting work. And, and you know, do I, I do want to Talk to you a little bit about how your company, Nalu Scientific, has has sort of grown and evolved over the you know the 
even the last uh, 15 months that I've, you know, I've last, probably last talked to you. So what we'll do is we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Isar Mustafanazad, founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. And we're talking about custom chip design here in Hawaii. This is Bike Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Isar Mustafanazad, founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific, and we're talking about innovation grants and tech in Hawaii. And, of course, right before the break, um, uh, Isar, you're telling me about uh, some of the exciting work that uh, you're doing, and and this is really state of the art stuff. I mean, you know, we don't typically think about Hawaii companies getting involved with uh, particle accelerators and you know some of that uh, the leading edge, you know, research in physics. So tell me, um, how has your company succeeded, and uh, is it is it um, are you guys growing, or what's hap- what's been happening over the last maybe, you know. 15 uh, months or so uh, since we last talked. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh, a lot has happened. Uh, uh, so good news is we've gotten uh, quite a good amount of funding uh, because our team expanded, and we've also done a good job of delivering on the previous rounds of funding that we got. Um, we made some prototypes. We tested the prototypes. We published papers. We got the word out there. We went to conferences, even even when it was virtual and online. We would attend those. Uh, we had show, we had booths at, at, at conferences and exhibits, and, and we had live demos of our products. Uh, and so, people started seeing that, and, and they start uh, seeing that okay, something happening. There's some, uh, and and then they also met our team, and and they they started um, uh, understanding the, our capabilities, and that we can deliver on these promises. And so. Uh, I just want to give a you know, shout out to our team that has been, been doing a fantastic job, and that has allowed us to secure even more funding, even in, in the hard times of the pandemic. Uh, it, it's, it hasn't been easy, I can say. Uh, imagine creating uh, a microchip uh, with one engineer in the office and, and wearing mask and suit and everything else, and then four other engineers on the phone Zoom call telling him to do go left, go right, do this, do that. Uh, Things have been taking a lot longer than, than we thought, but we've managed to get by essentially. Uh, and and so that that's that's been building up our portfolio of funding, our, our products that we have now, or prototypes that we can turn into a product in a quick span. And and so, uh, I'm, I guess we're in the right direction. Yeah, no, that's great. And and uh, Isar, so are you um, pretty much getting a lot of your your uh, talent right here in Hawaii, or are you having to reach beyond the shores of Hawaii to find the right kind of expertise? Well, we, we're very fortunate that we have a good uh, good working relationship with the University of Hawaii. Uh, we work with the Department of Physics, Department of Electrical Engineering, with the Office of Innovation and uh, Commercialization mm-hmm. at the University of Hawaii. And uh, that has allowed us to tap into the local graduates. Uh, we have an internship program, uh, and we have hired uh, some, some top, top graduates uh, that, that have you know, work for us for months and then turned into full-time employees essentially and a lot of them are uh, you know they didn't want to you know go go to mainland go go other places they want to be close to their families so uh we're we're happy that at least we can help to create that option for them 
And then, uh, <clears throat> where where are you guys located now? I know, I know, for a, for a good part of your uh, startup uh, life, it was over at the the Mano Innovation Center. Are you still over there? Yes, yes, we're still at the Mano Innovation Center. Uh, yeah, it's a great place. Okay, okay, and and uh, you know, in <clears throat> in terms of, um, I guess the uh, continued work that you're doing. I mean, do you see? Do you see? Uh, in terms of chip design, do you see? challenges on the on the sort of geopolitical stage that that now that there's such a, a a demand for chips and of course whoever whoever has the uh fabrication uh might control you know whether or not new products are are being able to you know hit the market i mean in in a custom chip design world are you affected by any of that well it, i think this pandemic showed us uh that chip capability, fabrication of semiconductor capability is a, is a fundamental infrastructure uh, kind of part of any, in, uh, in the global space and also in, uh, in a, every, any national space. Mm-hmm. So every country that has this fundamental technology can, can dominate the, the process aspect of, of uh, any, any goods and service that requires that. So from, from cars these days, as you would imagine, it's not just cell phones and TVs, it's our, our cars. And so, this chip shortage has just opened everybody's eyes in terms of, uh, you know, what it means to to be able to uh, to uh, control the supply chain essentially. And so, uh, there's a lot of awareness. I mean, the governments governments are waking up and and they realize that okay, they need to invest in this. And and chip itself is not just a foundry that you spend, I don't know, ten billion dollars and make. It's also the whole the careers that come out of it, the the jobs that it needs that that creates, and and also the the talent pool that needs to go in there and be educated and go and work there. So it's it starts from age uh, to university programs to uh, you know buying buildings and, and putting things together, and then then comes the design aspect. So they now that these chip foundries are are being made, they need to have a healthy uh, kind of portfolio of, of of products that they fabricate, and so that's where. There are, two, there are two sites of design to microchips, essentially. There's the, the kind of the commodity-type designs. There, you make 10 million of those, and they go with every car or every TV. And then there's a the custom side, which is lower quantity but higher, you know, higher uh, value, essentially. So we're, we're trying to get we're part of the kind of custom design aspect. And so every healthy semiconductor process wants to have both types of designs at a good ratio feeding its fab line so that they're constantly busy and, and manufacturing these because it's very expensive to operate a fab uh, without uh, without anything. And so you want to constantly have customers come to you and you constantly fabricate and basically try to recoup the capital that, that you put into it. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of awareness. Five years ago when we started, uh, you know, people were telling me, why are you doing chip design? You know, it, this is all going to be outsourced, and and it's just commodity. You go online and buy it, and and then now now we're getting a lot of attention. So, uh, it's uh, it's a good time to be in chip design. Well, I I would I would guess that uh, you know the university is is probably very proud of what you've created, and 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 a pipeline for uh, you know engineers that are interested in in getting into chip design. I mean, here's a company that's right here in Hawaii doing exactly that. Yes, I actually learned chip design at the University of Hawaii when I was getting my PhD. I took a class and a couple of classes, and we did fabricate a chip for uh, as part of a class project. And so that that kind of stuck with me. And then 
five, six years later, I started a company doing that, and I had to go to Hawaii a lot. So, yeah, I, I did my start at the University of Hawaii, too, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So, in, uh, in the, you know, I guess uh, five, uh, ten seconds we got left, uh, uh, where can people find out more about Nalu Scientific? Uh, please check out our website, nalu-scientific.com. Uh, do send us emails if you have questions or if, if, you're, uh, if you're looking for uh, uh, you know, interested in sort of any sort of internship or jobs, uh, please contact us and send us your resumes. We're always looking for a good pool of local talent that we can connect with. Sounds good. Isar Mustafanazad is the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. And, of course, I want to thank him for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about Oumuamua and, of course, the uh, first known interstellar object detected passing through our solar system. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me at Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.